0: to Holy Trinity Catholic Church from Beaverton, Oregon. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for braving the weather this morning. It's good to have you all here. We were a little lonely this morning at the 8th, so glad you're here. I don't know if you've ever found yourself in a situation, um, maybe it was around the dinner table or on a date, or maybe even in a meeting where you were trying to say something. Um, maybe you were even trying to say something important, only to find that the person across from you was more interested in their cell phone or the game on TV or, I don't know, their own preoccupations, whatever those might be. Have you ever been in that situation? In my house, I'll tell you what the problem is. The problem is inside the NBA, right? Don't even try and start a conversation when Charles and Shaq and Ernie and Kenny are on because you don't stand a chance, right? There's so much that vies for our attention, you guys. So much noise. It's hard to listen to one another, isn't it? And I think it's hard, too, to listen to God. Maybe even more so for God, because God doesn't have to just compete against our externals, if you will, right? So our technology and our entertainment and our busy schedules— God has to compete against the internals as well. So those voices inside our hearts, right, that are always clamoring for our attention. So the voices of our fears and our hurts and our worries and our resentments. And maybe that's why when we go to prayer, so often we end up just navel-gazing, right? I mean, we go in intending to pray, but then we end up forgetting about God, and we spend the whole time listening to those inner voices forgetting to listen for the voice of God. And then we also wonder why We miss God's peace in our life. You know, I think our first reading is a really good illustration of this. Most of us have heard this story of the fall again and again, so much so that we really don't even notice the details anymore. But if we pay attention to them, I think we'll see that this story is really our story as well. So, bear with me. Let's take a look at this uh, story just for a couple minutes together. So the story, it really takes off when Eve encounters the serpent, right? Now, the serpent, we're told, is the most cunning of God's creatures, and it certainly seems to be the case, right? Because he plays Eve really well, doesn't he? Notice his first question. He says, did God really say not to eat from any of the trees in the garden? And you know, on the Facebook, we might say, well, that's a silly question. Of course God wouldn't say something like that. We know that. Eve knows that. But notice what the question does, right? It kind of induces Eve, or it tricks her, into revealing a vulnerability, a chink in her armor. Listen to her response. She says, We may eat of the trees in the garden. It's only for the tree in the middle of the garden that God says you shall not eat it, or even touch it, lest you die. Hmm. Is that what God said? No, God didn't say—God said— Don't eat from the tree. He did say that, right? But he didn't say, don't touch it. He said nothing about touching it. So Eve has taken God's words here and she's added to them. She's added to them. Why is that? Why is that? Well, I don't know for sure, but could it be that God's words, God's assurances to her and Adam, maybe even God's plans for her, weren't enough? Did she feel like she needed to hedge her bets, perhaps? To have a plan B, just in case, one she could control? Was there some kind of an insecurity going on in her heart about her relationship with God? The serpent seems to think so, because notice he hones right in on that, doesn't he? This question of trust, he goes right there with his next words, and he drives a wedge right between Eve and God. He says, you won't die, just the opposite, in fact. You'll become like gods. God knows this. Heck, maybe God's afraid of that. Why else would he hold out on you? Are you sure you can trust him? Does he really have your back? And friends, as we know, it's here that things start to fall apart, right? Because doubts, fears, insecurities, that's all part of our life in this mortal world, isn't it? And if Eve had taken those and gone to God with those, who knows how the story might have turned out. But unfortunately, by this point, God's out of the picture, right? God's not even on Eve's radar. All she can hear is the voice of the serpent echoing the fears in her own heart. All she can see in front of her is a solution to her problems on her terms. And so she stretches out her hand, she takes, and she eats. Well, as I said, this is really our story, isn't it? I don't know what you're personal demons are, my friends, but we're all children of Eve. And like Eve, we all have those voices inside and maybe even outside that compete with God for our attention. I mean, we want to listen to God, but maybe more often we end up listening to the crowd or to our social media or to our own security or resentment or pride or lust, our own craving for approval, whatever it might be. Guys, Lent is a time to retune, retune the ears of our heart, to turn our gaze back to God, to hear him say once more to each of us, you are my beloved child. I know your heart. I know what's best for you, and I have plans for you. So come back to me. Come back to me. We could stumble. In fact, it'd be really easy, wouldn't it, to just go through these next six six weeks and come to Easter and find that not much has changed in our life? Or we can make this a time where we open ourselves to God's grace, open ourselves to his healing touch, allow him to reach down inside and become present to those dark places within. Return to the Lord, you guys. Return to the Lord. You don't have to have your act together. You don't need to hide anything. You don't need to pretend that your life is something that it's not. Come as you are, warts and all. Give God your attention once more. Give him your heart once more. That's really what the point is of our fasting and our prayer and our sacrifices during this season. They're not self-improvement projects. They're not tests of our willpower. They're invitations to refocus our gaze to retune the ears of our heart, to weaken that ego inside with its incessant demands, right? To listen once more. So I would challenge you to find one thing this Lent, whatever it is. Spend time before the Blessed Sacrament. Read God's Word. Go for walks. Serve God by serving your neighbor. Pray the rosary, the stations, the surrender novena. Dare to fast, dare to be hungry, and allow that hunger to put you in touch with your hunger for God. Whatever you do, let God have your attention once more, even if it's only for 10 minutes, and you might be surprised at what God can say to you, even in just 10 minutes, if you're paying attention. I think it was Mother Teresa who once said, We need to find God, but he cannot be found in noise and restlessness, God is the friend of silence." Well friends, we need silence today, exterior and interior. Silence if we are to return to God, silence if we're to hear his voice, silence if we are to learn to touch the hearts of others. Thank you for joining us. You can learn more on our parish website at h-t.org We hope that you will subscribe to our YouTube channel or try and join us for Mass if you're local. Again, all the information will be on h-t.org.